Hello once again and welcome to another exciting edition of the Brattlecast. I'm Jordan Rich. We welcome you and welcome stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, the people who sell, buy, appraise, and collect them. This is a first-hand look at second-hand books and so much more. With me, of course, is Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the famous Brattle Bookshop, 9 West Street in Boston, and uh, lots to do uh, behind the scenes. We're going to get into some of this, my friend, and you raised the question with me, uh, what do you think it's like when I get a request to come out and pick up 15,000 books? And I'm thinking, you've got to have a lot of strong hands <laughs> and a well, lot of strong bodies. We've actually had a number of people who enjoy talking about a certain type of book um, or a rare book, but also a number of asked, what are some of the things that go on behind the scenes at the store, like how you get books, what you ask people? What happens when you get books? So I thought we'd bring up a few of those. But particularly, we're talking big halls here. You wanted to focus on one in particular. And and I can't even imagine what 15,000 books might look like. (laughs) Well, this this was a case where we got a call. It was in the New Haven area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another book dealer called us up, and a colleague had passed on. And I didn't know the colleague. I had heard of him, but they had— he said he has 15,000 books. Now, one of the first things that tells me is we get lots of people who say they have lots and lots of books. And you go, how many? And they go, 50. <laughs> or, or they'll go 100 or 200. or you know. And sometimes the numbers are off. Sometimes they're about right. But you get a sense of it. We one time a, about a year ago during the uh, middle of the pandemic had someone say, his cousin died. He had 500 books in the Boston area. We said, sure, we'll go out. It turned out they had 20,000 books, <laughs> which, which was another whole issue and, right. and so on. But this one, where it was another book dealer who we knew calling, we figured there probably were that many books there. And one of the things that goes into it, when a person normally calls like that, will say, well, what type of books? What kind of books? Is there a particular subject, area, or field? And, of course, one of the first answers that people regularly give, we go, how many? They go, a lot. <laughs> and, and then the second question, what kind? They go, fiction and nonfiction, which is everything ever printed. <laughs> so we try to narrow it down. And now nowadays, technology actually helps tremendously in that because we'll say if the books are on shelves, just take pictures of the shelves uh, make sure they're in focus. That's an important Very part. Very important. Uh, and we can get an idea from there. But when you start getting into those large numbers, a few of the things we start considering is how far away is it? Uh, what What's the access to the place? This was during the winter. Do they shovel the sidewalk and mm. steps? Uh, then do we want them all? Uh, and a lot of times... When we uh, look at a large collection of books, the first thing people – we give a price and the first thing people ask is, are you going to take everything? Because they don't want to deal with books when we're done. Well, in this case, uh, they they were getting some offers and bids and we said, look, we're not going to take everything. Some of this is absolute not worth the time and effort. Mm -hmm. And they said, that's fine. At the end, we'll get a house clean-out person. But we bought 15,000 books. We agreed on a price. And then our next question was, well, how quickly do we have to get these out? New Haven's a a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Boston. So that means every time you go, that's a five-hour 
in the car. Mm. Uh, it also was if it had to be done very quickly, then you're getting into renting trucks, uh, maybe getting a moving company. And, of course, if you get a moving company, how much do you allow for the moving? How much do you allow for gas? How much do you allow for employees? So all the logistics go into it. When we got to this house, it turned out it was a, a big house in the New Haven area near Yale University. But it was an old it was an old Victorian, and so there were three floors in a basement. <laughs> what added to the the issue was they were all art books. The man specialized in art books. Big. Big I'm guessing. But also the paper in art books tend to be a very thick and magazine, which is much heavier. And, you know, you, you know, you walk up to the third flight in the attic and you see about a third of the books up there and you go, Oh, uh, that, that, that adds to the, can can I jump in with a question here? Sure. Uh, 15,000 books and you can only see what you can see online from the photographs. When you get to the location, you and your team are sifting through uh, or you know you're going to buy them all at that point? Well, what we do is at that point we had an idea and we had actually already talked to the people of is this an all or nothing deal or is there a chance of leaving some behind? And we had talked. The other thing we talked about, has somebody else been through this? In other words, have people picked out what might be the very best? And the the people told us that there had been a few things picked out, but it wasn't significant. The other reason that they were having a problem with it is this person over the years had accumulated a lot, sold some, but um, a lot of these were the things that people had left behind. In other words, he had bought large collections, and these were the things that hadn't moved. And... um, so in our mind, we have to figure, well, okay, uh, what are we going to do with these when we get them? What about storage areas? Now, the first thing they said is you have a month to move them, which made it much easier. It wasn't like you sometimes walk into places and they say they have to be out next week. And when you're dealing with that quantity, obviously it makes a difference. We ended up making – I have a pickup truck that holds about 1,500 to 2,000 books. We made 11 – Trips oh, back and forth. Wow. Uh, and by the way, as we record this, price of gas is a little higher than it was the last time. <laughs> it, it was, but it's still, we figured still out still worth it. The, the, the gas itself uh, cost us close to 50 to $75 a trip. So, you know, you 10 trips, that's another $500. When I go on trips like that, we usually go early in the morning. In other words, we want to get to the place at 9 or 10. So mm. we leave at 7, 6, 37 in the morning. So you have overtime for the employees that come with me uh, because you want to get back uh, sometime reasonable. Then when you're unloading the books, you sort of say to yourself, well, how many can we actually fit in the store itself? Or are some of this going to have to go into storage? And if it goes into storage, how much is that going to cost? Let me let me raise another question, and I know the geography, of course, so well. You are in downtown Boston, one of the busiest streets. Now, I realize you have that area next to the, the store for parking and for the outdoor sales of yeah. books. Is there a doorway, an entranceway, so you can back the truck up? 
Because let's face it, stopping on West Street to unload 1,500 books, not easy, I would imagine. Well, what, what also where it takes into account is when we are dealing with our pickup truck and you're dealing in the small streets right in downtown Boston, a pickup truck works. But if you tried to do it all at once in a big sort of big, yeah, that huge makes sense. moving truck— it would be a total disaster. So what we usually do, if the person had said it has to be out very fast and it can't be done in small loads, we would have rented a storage area just outside of Boston where you could drive a truck up to a loading dock— uh, but that adds more expense and more. So you mentioned employees that you're bringing along early. Uh, yeah. How many? Two? Usually one or two. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, tried to also get a few people down there who would be willing to come and maybe do some of the heavy work. And what really saved us on this deal was the books on the in the attic. Carrying down... 5,000 art books from the attic. So we got a crew of about five extra people just to do that part of it. Another thing that, that saved us and made us probably being able to outbid everybody is a lot of these books are going to end up on our outside tables uh, the, in the one, three, five, seven dollar range. We're hoping a small percentage of the books will get us our money back eventually. But probably the profit's going to be made on the very low end, which yeah. other people can't sell. But it's still a speculative art thing here. You have to you have to guess that you're going to be able to recoup what you're expending. You have to recoup, and you hope that uh, that you have access to the house. That's another thing because we want to be able to do it. We ended up. It was actually a strange situation. The man living in the house was a friend of the previous owner. But he was absolutely stone deaf. So you could not knock on the door. Oh, you couldn't ring the bell and you couldn't call. So by email, you had to say you were going to come. And then after twice doing that, we finally got the person to agree to give us a key. So we, we would email, say we're coming, but we didn't have to depend on him hearing us. That that might be the most frustrating thing, <laughs> driving two and a half hours and then not being able to reach the guy who's inside the house. Right. Wow. So, but, you know, these are things yeah. that go into the logistics of it, uh, how clean the books were, how, how much dust you're taking in. You actually might be wearing masks, not because you're worried about disease, but you just well, you don't not short-term all the, disease. The dust and crud uh, from the books. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, um, when I when I was doing this, and I still do a lot of the heavy work, uh, you don't worry about the gym that day. Matter of fact, literally, you would a lot of times bring a second set of clothes because you soak through. Yeah. Literally, yeah. in twenty-degree weather, you still soak through. So. You know, it sounds like, oh, when you're buying books, well, people bring in a rare book, you look at it, you write a check, you turn all the pages, uh, you talk about old books. What people don't think of in the business is it's an incredibly physical job. Uh, one of our employees, when this was all going on, had uh, a sore knee. No, it didn't come from moving the books, but we couldn't take that employee on the on the well, buys. Well, if anyone's listening and has done this recently and moved from an apartment to an apartment or just moved from one floor to another or even a room to another, 
you you load up uh, one of those mail bins with books, and it's very heavy, and it's not that many books. So uh, books are heavy items, especially the art books. Well, except you don't load up, load up mail bins because this is a house, so there's no elevator. Right. It's, it's all stairs. Oh, my God. And, and you can't even really use a, a hand truck because, again, there are so many stairs involved. So what are you transporting books in? Uh... Boxes. We, we have boxes okay. that we buy uh, that are good size for books. We tape them up. We pack them up. We lift them. We carry that, them down. That's another thing I didn't even think about, all the packing and then unpacking. All the packing, and then you get them to the store. Now, one of the things that I will say sort of saved the day on the storage part of it was uh, I I recently, about three years ago, moved into downtown Boston, and we were thinking of selling our house. My daughter, in we have a house in Newton, suggested that it would be a great place for her to live. So we worked out a deal with her. But for years and years, my two daughters had stuff in the basement of the house. And my wife would always be saying, get your crap out of the basement. Of course. And they'd always say, of course. And the next month, you'd say the same thing. And the next month, you'd say the same. Next month, you'd say the same thing. So now one of my daughters is living in the house and guess where a lot of those books go? The basement. And she goes, when are you going to get this crap out of the basement? And my wife and I smile and say, of course, we'll get it out. That, that's also the sign of an, of an independent entrepreneur, businessman who owns his own establishment. You'll, you'll put these things where you can. And in, in this case, your own home. In, in, in this case, in the home. But when we do have to use storage areas, now... Another thing that we would have done if this person had said this place had to be cleared out very quickly, we would have rented in New Haven mm. a storage area and probably instead of a month would have had it out in a week. But it would have just been moved to a nearby storage area. And when we do that, storage areas, and we've seen so many people who do this, put things in storage, and they would have been so much better off just throwing everything away and buying everything new because the cost of the storage. So we actually budget. We say, okay, we've budgeted for four months. In four months, this storage area is going to be empty, and we're going to be gone. Uh, a lot of people don't think of that when they think of the, the book business. They, they think of you know, you have books, you have a bookstore. They don't necessarily think of where they get there, how they get there, what goes into getting them there. And when pe a lot of people ask me about going into the book business, and I'll sit down and talk with anybody. If you're interested mm -hmm. and you want to talk to somebody who's in the business, you know, if you call, email, mm -hmm. I'll talk. I don't email as well. but Or if you want to come in, we'll show you around. But that's a lot of the part. It's the business part that you don't think of. The overtime, the health insurance, the uh, storage, the truck, the buying of a thousand boxes at a time, getting those stored, how you store the bags that you use. A lot of There's a lot of the business part that goes into it that I enjoy some parts of that. Some parts of that are, are more difficult. But if you don't think of it, it's all part of the business. You're right. It's the essence of pre-planning. If you if you strategize how you're going to do a project like that, you can pull it off. But if you don't, if you go in blind, look out. <laughs> look out. Or in in over the years, or even what type of books we're buying, 
a lot of times from experience, I know these will turn over quickly. These will be slower. Uh, these you might want to donate someplace once we get them. Uh, if we can talk to people in saying we can just pick, occasionally we'll do that, although that's not the usual. Uh, and also just getting a sense of what the people want from you. Sometimes sometimes you go into a, a buy like that. Uh, well, just even before I came here to record this, we were in an area of uh, near New Bedford, Massachusetts, and the person said they had thousands of books. And a thousand or fifteen for us is yeah that's yeah a normal no, no big deal, uh, but one of the first questions I a lot of times ask people, especially if it's their books, do you know of anything in these in this collection that's worth way more than everything else? Because I've walked into collection where there's been a thousand books, and two of those books are worth ten times what the other nine hundred ninety eight <laughs> books are. And if someone points that out and tells me, it makes a lot oh, difference yeah. in how you're bidding or what you're bidding or well, that's why these, how you go about it. These brattle casts are fun, but also very helpful to people just like the ones you're addressing. And we're peeling back the, the curtain, third wall stuff here, but this is really Im- important to know. That's well, what you go well, through. Well, what, what I tell people is the books are fun, the people who come in are fun, but one of the main things is it's a business. And when you're Going into it or thinking about it, if you don't think about that part, it's probably not going to be a successful business. But a lot of people, like I say, ask me when I've been doing these brattlecasts, they have a certain type of book, a certain uh, area of books. And, and we love talking about them, uh, rare books. But a lot of people said, talk a little bit more about what goes in behind the scenes. And this is just one typical buy that there's a variation on themes as we go and go and go with them. Well, one thing I can assure the listeners, uh, Ken is the most buff store owner <laughs> I've ever met. His muscles are bulging, so <laughs> he's done well. <laughs> it, and, and, you know, it's fun because even though now I'm getting a little older, I really appreciate the fact that I can still keep up with a lot of the employees. And I I actually enjoy it. Now, when we go on a buy, the one thing I will say is I do more of the packing now than the carrying. And it's not because of the physical part. It's just I can pack faster than any other other employee. You'll let those kids (laughs) beware. You you are the fastest packer out there. Well, thank you, my friend. A, A look behind the scenes is always fun. And you've been listening, of course, to the Brattlecast. Don't forget to visit brattlebookshop.com and continue to listen. Ken, take care and uh, get some rest, will you? Why?